Data for the People, a Paris 21 bot crisis podcast. Hi, welcome back to the program. This is Sasha Ramirez. I'm the Partnerships and Communications Manager at Paris 21. I'm speaking today to Aniela Ngurusen. She's the co-founder of Edge Certified Foundation. Edge certification was launched in 2011 at the World Economic Forum. Edge Cert assesses gender equality in the workplace and advises employers on what steps they can take to make their workplaces more equal and more empowering for women. As you'll hear from Aniela, the things that employers can do to make their workplaces more inclusive and empowering to women are also the same ones that can help them become more resilient in the face of a pandemic like COVID-19. I hope you enjoy the program. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us. We really appreciate it, getting your expertise and your insights into gender equality and the empowerment of women and what uh, relationship that has had with the COVID-19 pandemic. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about today, Aniela, was how the pandemic has affected you personally and how it's affected um, EdgeCert's ability to do its work. Thank you very much, Sasha. I think that one of the, the ways in which this pandemic has affected us all is that it brought a major disruption in the way in which we live, in the way in which we interact, in the way in which we conduct business. And um, I think that we are all hoping that major transformations will be the result of incremental changes. We are hoping that things will change naturally over time, but history and experience shows us that they do not happen incrementally. They do happen in these major disruptive moments. So I think that this moment of profound disruption, it was and it still is a moment for reflection for each one of us as individuals, for our businesses, for our societies, about what are the values uh, on which we build our day-to-day -day existence and decisions, what kind of contributors, what kind of actors, social, economic, we want to be now and in the future. So I see this as that uh, very important moment uh, where we can not only restart, uh, but we can truly reset uh, the ways in which we all function. Thanks. Um, maybe we can take a step back for a second and look at, I think uh, EdgeCert's been working for about 10 years now, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And I know you've been collecting a lot of data on, on how organizations are, uh, how the, the issue of gender equality and the empowerment of women has, has manifest in, in many different organizations. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what your lessons have been in this 10 years and what the data are telling you um, in respect of this issue. So one of the interesting things, Sasha, is that gender equality is one of those elements that is at the intersection between business and society. It is a highly emotional topic, probably it's one of the most emotional topics that I've ever experienced in the corporate world. Uh, we all have our own experiences, we all have our own assumptions. So from the very beginning, our work was focused on bringing objectivity and the same discipline, rigor, and structure to the issue of workplace gender equality as we display in pursuing other critical goals. So from that perspective, I would say that, you know, it was really about understanding how do we measure 
workplace gender equality. How do we define what success looks like in workplace gender equality? And how do we hold ourselves accountable for making progress? Which is, if you want, a, a very clear roadmap to a profound systemic transformation. So what we have seen is that in the very beginning, it was a work uh, with the organizations to create that discipline in collecting data. And that was really the first step and understanding which kind of data needs to be collected based on the decisions that need to be made on specific uh, types of data. So once this first step of getting into the discipline of collecting the data uh, has been taken, the second step would be, is this data that we can trust? So a second very important step is to ensure that data is accurate, is reliable, but it's also data that allows the decision makers to analyze a phenomenon from very different perspectives. So to give a very concrete example, in the work that we are doing with edge certification, we, we look on one hand some very qualitative pieces of information and of data. But we also look at processes. We look at the policies and practices that exist in the organization. And then we look at the experience of the employees working for a particular organization. And then we triangulate the tree. So understanding what is the quality of the data and how we put data into perspective so that organizations do not work only on making their numbers evolving, but also their policies and practices and eventually their cultures. And then once the second step of the quality of the data has been taken, the third, it's of course, what kind of decisions are we making based on this data? and how transparent we are about the data underlying a certain type of decision and how accountable we are and how do we prove that we are accountable in making progress. These are overall the mechanisms that we have observed. So I think that the change process in itself was creating these disciplines and these rhythms in the organization. Now, at the global level, as you might have seen, at the end of last year, the World Economic Forum published its global gender gap report, showing that at the current pace, it would take another 257 years to close the gap in economic opportunity and participation. And that number, unfortunately, has been increasing over time. So I think that while we did a good job collectively in collecting the data in you know quite some good steps in ensuring that the data is accurate now it's the moment to take that third step of making decisions and being accountable for progress thanks if i can ask a, a quick follow-up question i, th I think it's, it's fascinating i mean the, how you talk about the, the the evolving process and then how the, the process itself has informed the the kind of trajectory of of the or the evolution of, of the the discussion going forwards. Um, now obviously, there's just some self-selection bias going on. The self-selection, right? Uh, people who organizations that choose to become edge certified are probably the ones that are performing better, anyways, or at least have that willingness to to engage on on, on an issue, which is, as you I think rightly said, is an extremely emotional one. 
and one that obviously affects you know people in every workplace, right? Um, so is is there some some way that you think? I mean, are, are you optimistic? Or do you see positive trends? Or, well, I mean, certainly the numbers don't tell us that the trend is positive. But uh, what what's your experience with you know the, those organizations that haven't engaged yet? Um, how how can they also fit into that picture? I am definitely optimistic, uh, Sasha. And the reason why I'm optimistic is that I think that yes, maybe ten years ago when we started that journey that self-selection bias was very present. So these were organizations that were already convinced of the value of gender equality for the sustainable success of their organization who engaged. But after these first movers, the market followed very quickly. And we have now a very unique constellation of different stakeholders, both internal and external that invite very strongly organizations to put gender equality on top of their agenda. So if we take a look at what these important stakeholders are, for one, policymakers. Over the last two to three years, an increasing number of countries have started to put in place mechanisms to enforce the equal pay for equivalent work law. Those laws always existed. It was the enforcement mechanism that was lacking. So from reporting mechanisms, like in the UK, to requirements for external verifications, like in Switzerland, companies and organizations had to actually enter into a very conscious process in order to be compliant with the law. On the other hand, we see that the investor community has started to be extremely aware of the fact that sustainable organizations do perform better over time. And when we talk about the ESG agenda and how much the ESG-related investments have grown over time, you know what the E in the ESG stands for, it's very clear. What the G, it's also very clear. But gender equality, it's part of that S uh, in the ESG. So investors started drive their investment decisions through a gender lens. And let's not forget the employees themselves. A growing number of articles, statistics, case studies, documentaries that were made on the topic of workplace gender equality made all of us more aware about what workplace gender equality is and how our workplace should look like in order for us to call it uh, a gender equal workplace. So definitely, I think that it is a, a unique moment where I think that each one of these stakeholder groups that I mentioned, regulators, investors, and employees are there not only to flag the necessity to make uh, steps forward on this issue, but they are also there to play their part and to be positive uh, change agents on, on this topic. I wonder if we can turn now to the current, uh, the current pandemic. I wonder how this has affected this, this movement from your end. I mean, has this, is this in some, to some extent an opportunity? Do you see this when you talk about history being changed through moments of rupture rather than incremental change? Um, I wonder if this is a, a, will represent in the, in, in the end a step forward or a step back. And how this will affect the business of improving gender equality in the workplace. So I think, Sasha, that this, this current situation was a very clear illustration of that model that I mentioned before, get data, get better data. 
and use that better data to inform your decisions. Because everything that we have witnessed over the last two months was the application of that principle in real life by governments who had to make very tough decisions at the intersection between business and societies. And those who rooted their decision in data and kept evolving their positions and their decisions as data was getting more accurate and more refined are countries that currently showed a very different way to go through this crisis. So from that perspective, I think that there is no better moment for all of us to come back to that power of analytics and rooting our decisions in objective evidence. So yes, I I believe that this will turn out to be uh, an incredible opportunity uh, for all of us to be better in collecting data and improving the quality and also be more fluent in making decisions based on that data. Another element which I think was very interesting is that organizations that we've been working with for the past couple of years told us in the now several weeks into this global crisis that in putting in place some of the policies, practices, and programs to make their organization a more gender equal organization, they actually realized that it created a more agile and more resilient organization overall that helped them weather so much better the pandemic. So to give you a very classic example, flexible work practices. These were policies and practices that naturally were hosted into the bigger workplace uh, gender equality programs. Now, those organizations who started to implement that and made sure that not only people were equipped to work remotely, but also teams were very well trained in how to produce the same quality of the outputs that were expected to function as a team. Well, those organizations, the moment when they needed to switch to a different way of working, they were already prepared. These were for them known routines. So uh, I think that this moment, it's also a moment where we have the proofs that investing in workplace gender equality has these ripple effects that we, you know, we, we, we all know about and we believe in, in societies and in economies, but now we do have the proof that it does build more agile and more resilient organizations. It's fascinating. I mean, talking about the, the parallel, I mean, the, the, the lessons learned from a, from a pandemic. And I mean, I think that, you know, intuitively that makes, that makes perfect sense. The taking measures that, that make your resilient, regardless of the cause, I mean, I mean, you know, has these demonstrable effects. And I think that will serve us well going forward. So the last thing I wanted to ask you is, is really your vision of the future. This, the pandemic will, will hopefully end uh, soon. We all, we all hope, uh, whether that ends in a bang or, or in a whimper, we're not sure, uh, but it certainly won't be the last one. So, I mean, you touched on these issues of, of, of resilience a little bit already, but I wonder what your vision for the future is and, and, and how you see any parallels between uh, the issue of gender equality in the workplace and, and you know, resilience in general uh, against pandemics like this. Sasha, one of the most important lessons of this pandemic is that, by and large, the risk of a pandemic was not unknown. And still, when it happened, we were all utterly unprepared. 
And I believe that there are many risks out there, that some of them are known and chartered and some are unknown. So one of the main lessons is exactly that. How do we build that agility that allows us to be prepared for the known risks and the resilience to face the unknown risks? And all this comes back to a principle that um, in the beginning of the year, in January, the the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum in Davos, the theme was the stakeholder capitalism. Now, this is the moment where that stakeholder capitalism needs to be put in place. And it's also a big test, right? And to see how, how many of those long-term investments into building a sustainable organization, into creating value that at the same time helps the environment, societies, countries move along and creating that kind of inclusive growth, uh, how we will be able to transform that vision into reality. But I think that my vision for the future would definitely be that vision societies and, 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 and economies that are based on the fundamental value of creating value for each one of their internal and external stakeholders and considering all their internal and external stakeholders as equally important in their sustained success. Thank you so much for, for a wonderful overview and perspective on where you're coming from. Thank you very much, Sasha. Thank you.